Wow, what a treat. We're in, into the seven churches of Revelation, chapter 2. Revelation is the last book of the Bible, written late 1st century or start of the 2nd century. has 22 chapters, can be divided into the three visions of John. Uh, it's called the Revelation, uh, Revelation. And uh, it's, it sort of comes in three parts. Uh, the first part is who Jesus is. The third part is what is to come, and that's what most people get really excited about. But the part we're going to look at now in seven weeks is the what is. The what is, the vision of, of what is, what is now, the reality of the seven churches. As we said before, the, the seven churches were real. They referred to different geographical, historical, cultural situations of the seven churches at the seven locations. They're all pretty close to each other. But they all read each other's mail. The phrase, hear what the Spirit says to the churches, is repeated to each of the churches. And so they were reading each other's mail. And it was going even further afield. And there were seven of them, which is a symbol of completeness. So there's a universality about this revelation. It was for them, but it's also for others, and it is for us. So God is speaking to us, even now, even today, through these letters to the churches. And of the seven churches, number one, and number seven, Ephesus and Laodicea, they are the two churches that are in grave danger. One and seven. Our churches two and six, they're doing really well. They're in excellent shape. And churches three, four, and five, kind of average. <laughs> but one and seven, Ephesus and Laodicea, they're in danger. The first church is Ephesus. Ephesus was a port town right on the edge of the Mediterranean, an important one. It was a pseudo-capital of the province of Asia. It had the, the temple of Artemis, which was regarded as one of the seven uh, wonders of the ancient world. Artemis was fertility god, and so part of the reason that Ephesus had lots of visitors, had uh, travelers involved in transport, business, commerce, and of course, magic. Ephesus had a harbor, but the trouble with the harbor it was right on the um, edge of this river that Caesta um, was the name of the river, and it, it started to get um, silt and it was silted up from time to time. In fact, Ephesus had to get moved three kilometers inland. Uh, Ephesus was prosperous, an important city. And so we're going to look at the words of Jesus to Ephesus. And those with um, red letter Bibles, the words of Jesus, this is in red because Jesus speaks to it. And I, as we look at this, I want us to think in terms of body parts, five of them, body parts. Three are great, one is not, and one, the jury is still out. So, uh, to, to the church in Ephesus, Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. 
Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. Other words of churches. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. You know, hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And Lord, as we open up your word, even as you spoke back then, 20 centuries ago, you'll speak to us today. Amen. So five body parts. First one is muscle. Muscle equals hard work. Verse 2, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know your deeds, your hard work. You know, at Ephesus, they had worked hard. They toiled at the work of establishing and maintaining the faith in the middle of a very pagan town, a cultic town. And not just hard work, but perseverance. We'll show, um, show my photo here. I watched a movie with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. And in the movie, he was asked how he got such a great physique. And he said, it's easy, it's easy. I just, I've just worked out in the gym six hours a day for 20 years. <laughs> perseverance, perseverance. Verse 3, you have persevered and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. You know, so, um, those that have been to Europe, some incredible church buildings there. Some of them have taken three generations to build, over 100 years old. Imagine that, working on something all your life and never seen its completion. Perseverance. Uh, in our church here, we have a database of roughly 200, but we have only 2.8 employees, full-time equivalents, which means this, most of the work is done by you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, church is a volunteer organization, and thank you for what you do. Hard work. Thank you as you serve the bride of Christ. Muscle, hard work. Second body part, eyes, 2B. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. You have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. At Ephesus, they had seen uh, deeply and well, into the church at Ephesus. They had x-ray vision. They had looked carefully into the claims of the self-proclaimed apostles. Ephesus, they had great discernment. They had, they had seen clearly what was going on. They weren't gullible. 
And part of the reason for this insight can be found uh, from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20, verses 28 to 31. And John referred to this today, Acts 20, 28 to 31. And in Acts 20, Paul was in a hurry to get back to Jerusalem. He wanted to get back in time for a feast, and he didn't want to get waylaid at, at uh, Ephesus. There's a really big, um, busy church there, but at the same time, he wanted to give the elders at Ephesus uh, a message. He had a word for them. So he gets to a town called Miletus. It's about 50k away from, from Ephesus, and probably the, the boat was getting supplies, and he sends a messenger and says, Get the elders, tell them to come to me, I have a message for them. So they come. And interesting thing, this is the only speech in Acts that is exclusively to a Christian audience. This is just to Christians. And this is what Paul says. Acts 20, 28 to 31. Keep watch over yourselves and the entire flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. He purchased, Jesus purchased the church with his own blood. So be shepherds of it. Be overseers. Look after it. Protect it. He purchased it with his own blood, Jesus did. And I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will rise up and distort the truth to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Remember, for three years I've never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Ah, oh, bummer. Paul says after he left, people will come in to the church at Ephesus and or even will grow up in the church and will distort the truth and draw people to themselves, make disciples of themselves. Whoa, that's scary. And so to their eternal credit, the Ephesians church, they remembered what Paul had said way back then, had prophesied way back then, and when the false apostles came, they were ready for them. They could see deeply who they really were. And unfortunately, not every believer in every church has been that discerning. Okay, uh, another picture. This is Lee Man-hee. He is the leader of the Shincheonji cult of South Korea. It's branching all over the world. Shincheonji's cult tactics is this. They start going along to a large or medium-sized church. They befriend people. They invite them to a Bible study, and they start talking about God. It's nice, you know, talk about God's love and how to share it. As time goes on, um, the Bible study heads towards um, the end times things, and how that there's only one person, Lee Man He, who is able to interpret the secret metaphors of the Bible. And then, like most cults, they begin cutting you off from other other believers and from your family, and uh, they make you into the cult. You think, oh, you know, that doesn't happen. Well, it has happened here. It's happened down in Wellington at the big Arise Church down there. In fact, they got the police in. Uh, it's so serious. 
Uh, it's happened at Mount Albert Baptist in Auckland. Our friend Steve is a pastor there. There's a newspaper article, and he says he's been contacted at least once a month of people suffering relationship breakdown because of the Xinjiangji cult. So that's one example. People, it, it's real. Uh, another wolfy example, wolves will come in, Jesus said. Another wolfy example, I, I reckon wolfism is it's like a scale, like autism. You can be extremely wolfy or slightly wolfy. Um, Uh, someone seriously wolfy in church or vaguely trying to draw people away from church, away from the leadership of the church and attach people to themselves. There was a guy that started coming along here a few years back, seemed a nice enough guy. Uh, could tell he had been on the rough side of life a bit. Uh, he had a live-in girlfriend, uh, but he's coming along to church. And then we, we started to hear that he was texting some of the single ladies in church, to have private prayer meetings with him. <laughs> so I um, went along to his house and said, um, bro, you can text any man you want for, to have a prayer meeting with you, but don't text the single ladies. And he has not been back since. <laughs> uh, the good eyes at Ephesus, they could um, see false apostles, and the Nicolaitans. Uh, and they, good eyes. And they also had a backbone. This is the third thing. Not only did the church at Ephesus and Revelation see deeply, they had good eyes, they had good insight, they had backbone. They could see what was um, going on and they would oppose it. They opposed it. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, verse 2. And their spirit praises their lack of tolerance for wickedness. Their lack. Did you hear that? Their lack of tolerance. Our day and age, we praise tolerance. But the Spirit of God praises their lack of tolerance. Um is a mainline denomination, a church in our nation, and they are regarded as a very tolerant church. And a pastor from that, ex-pastor from that church said, uh, a survey done in one of their regions, Lower North Island, from middle of the island to Wellington, but not including Wellington, in 12 years, this tolerant denomination had lost 45% of its membership. Uh, which the Western church has lost more ground through toleration than persecution. You get that? The Western church has lost way more through toleration than persecution. But at Ephesus, they would not tolerate wickedness. They opposed the false apostles, verse 2. They opposed the practices of the Nicolaitans. Verse 6, not hating the practices not hating the, the people, but the practices. There is a difference there. 
The Nicolaitans we know very little about. The early church fathers said they taught uh, religion of compromise. We don't know. At times, you know, at times church leadership does need to protect the flock and oppose wolfism. Uh, people that are creating carnage, trying to draw disciples to themselves. There's a pastor we know down Christchurch, and he was in his foyer before church one day, and um, there are some people uh, lurking around. They were Germans, actually, and they were talking to people, and one of them said, um, we've got a message we want to, to say to the church. This is just after the earthquakes. We want to um, encourage the church. And he said, oh, yeah, what, what is it? What do you want to say? And they, he said, um, we want to tell the church that this is God's judgment for the wickedness of this city. And the pastor said, um, no, you're not going to say that. You're not going to get the microphone. In fact, you can get out of my church right now. <laughs> and they did, and they went off to other churches. Uh, at times, leadership will need to protect the flock because people will come in or will grow up, and protection of the flock is needed. So at Ephesus, they had good muscles. They were hard workers and persevered. They had good eyes, good discernment. They had backbone. They were not afraid to contend with dangerous and destructive people. Uh, and the fourth thing is the heart. And that was not good. That was not good. Verse 4, you don't hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. There was a heart problem there. There was a love problem there. I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. There's something that had gone wrong in their hearts. What was that? Does that mean their love of Christ, their love of God, or does it mean their love of the people of God? And scholars have said uh, some have gone for one thing or gone for the other. Probably it's uh, uh, ambiguous because it means both. They lost their love of God is their first love and love of the people of God. And doctrinally, they were good. Theologically, they are good. They held the line of faith. They were orthodox. But they had forsaken their first love, their first love. And this is serious. And by the way, this is not a new stage of their faith. Some people try to describe a loss of love as kind of a new stage or a maturing of their faith. No, it's not that. It's a loss of love, and it's serious. It's serious. You've forsaken the love you had at first. You've forsaken the first love. Consider, verse 5, consider how far you have fallen. They needed to return to the love of God and their fellow pilgrims. And the problem of the Ephesian Christians is quite a temptation for us too. We can, you know, we, in the, we're good. We can spot uh, unsound doctrine. We can, you know, know when something's theologically off. Uh, but we can at the same time neglect our love of God and of our brothers and sisters. And, you know, we can overdo the getting the doctrine just right, perfect doctrine. You know, but not all errors are heresies. 
not all disagreements are worth fighting about. You know, some of it's just condiments, non-essentials. And the church at Ephesians, they needed a heart operation, needed to get their heart fixed. And the turnaround was to have three stages, three stages to fix the heart. Number one, remember. They needed to think back to those days of young love, what that looked like, what that felt like. You know, it's, we, you know photos, rings, uh, stories. Sometimes, you know, to prod my memory, I'll put my car keys on something I need to take. Whatever it is that you need to help remember your first love, put it in place. What is it you need to remember your love of God, what that looked like, what that felt like, what that smelt like? What can help your memory of, of back then? And what it meant to when you loved your brothers and sisters. Remember... Repeating scripture, worship, encouraging each other. This, this helps us remember. Gathering together helps us remember. Large groups, small groups, whatever it is. What helps us remember our first love? Remember. Second thing, repent is a word you don't hear very often these days. It's still in scripture. Repent. It means turning around turning around. Number three, reinstate. Do those things you did at first. What are those things you used to do when you knew you had that first love? Do them again. Reinstate. If you're lost, what do you do? You go back to that place where you remember where you weren't lost. Of the seven Churches, Ephesus and Laodicea were in greatest danger. And now the last body parts. We've had the heart, the others. Last one, had the muscles, good hard work, eyesight, good insight, backbone, good. Opposed to false apostles and the Nicolaitans. And the heart was at risk. Lost that first love. It's dangerous. Fifth one, the ear. The jury is still out on this. Will they listen? Jesus asked that same question. Have you really heard? Will you put into practice or is it just something interesting, an interesting way of looking at things? Mark 8 in the, the parable of the, of the seed. Those with ears, let them hear. Matthew 5, 6, 7 finishes with Jesus saying, put this into practice, build on it. Are you going to listen, really listen? It's like building on rock. If you, if you just hear the words but don't put it into practice, it's like building on sand. So the question is, will you listen? What sort of ears do you have? Will you put it into practice? Or is it just something interesting or another way of looking at things? If you have, you will have access to the tree of life. Of a tree, you're going to have access to the tree of life. If you haven't, the church is at risk. Verse 5, if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But on the other hand, 
Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. The tree is back. The tree is back. Remember the tree? Start of the book, Genesis 3. After Adam and Eve botch up in the garden, they're forbidden to eat from the tree. But here, the tree is back in Revelation. Revelation 22, last, very last thing of the Bible. The tree is back. Tree is back. And access to the tree is contingent. It's dependent on this. On repenting, on returning, on reinstating Jesus and his people as your first love. It's dependent on that. Access to the tree. What will we do? Will you do that? Will we do that? Will we have access to the tree of life? That's a question. The jury's out. <clears throat> if we can play that, um, please, Warren and Malcolm. Got a song. Let, let's let's uh, stand. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit to come, continue to speak to us. And can, can our prayers come out the front, please? We'll probably need to move the table. And um, as we just stand and think and pray, if you... Uh, if, you'd, uh, if this is spoken to you and you want to say in a kind of physical way yes to this, um, yes, I want to I wanna hold on to Jesus as my first love or um, return to my first love, um, come up. We also in the early morning prayer meeting, we felt um, a thing about chains being broken today. If you're, you feel like you're in any sort of bondage, whether it's health or relationship, whatever it is, uh, come up. People would love to pray for you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to, um, to speak today, to speak today. Can we play that song, please? Um, speak today, Lord. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Continue to speak to us. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, you've given access to the tree of life. Paradise. We can be with you forever. We can love you forever. We want to confess if other things are taking the place, come, uh, come into that space that only you can be the, only you can have that space. Our first love, our first love, and your bride that you paid dearly for with your blood. We want to make room for you today. Forgive us, Lord. Any, anything that's not first place is an idol, even good thing. I want to make room for you. Just come up now if you would like to be prayed with.